0: Yo, family, welcome to Jonathan Soul. Let's get into Wednesday Rewinds.
1: I'm
0: going to pop in the tape. We're going to hear an interview I did back in the day here on JonathanSoul.com, Wednesday Rewinds. Let's listen. All right, family, I'm going to introduce you to a groovy lady. Uh, She's a sci-fi author, a mom, a wife, and she's building a platform that will allow the congregation of sci-fi fans and sci-fi content creators, be it like, uh, you know, books or or movies or whatever it is. If you're a fan of sci-fi or you're a creator of sci-fi content, she's building a platform for y'all. All right. Who am I talking about? I'm talking about Cerise Rennie Murphy. You can find her over at uh, Murphy.com You can find her over at Amazon.com and pick up her sci-fi novel series order of the seers very groovy book. we'll get into it in an interview uh but first i kind of wade into the conversation with a tweet I-, I mentioned uh off mic to her that i, I tweeted him hey, i'm the only parent that's having uh that post-trump conversation with their kids and uh it turns out that she had the same thing let's listen
1: first of all thanks so much for having me i'm excited to be here
0: cool right um
1: but I no, you are not the only one. My kids are nine and five. Wow. And our, yes, and our conversation, my husband and I started having conversations about the election at the end of, about mid to late summer. And we don't watch TV. Uh, we certainly don't watch TV with the kids, news, none of that. So I was picking him up from summer camp and he, my son jumps in the car and goes, mommy, Trump is up in the polls. Wow. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, what, what is happening? I mean, I hadn't said a single word about it. I said, well, how do you know that? He said, we were talking about it a summer camp. And it, it was just fascinating to me that, you know, children, there's so much wisdom in children. Mm-hmm. And it was fascinating to me that these six, seven and eight year olds are sitting around talking about politics and somehow they might not know a lot, but they know that this affects them. They know mm. that it's what. And I thought that was just so profound. So, it, it, what ended up happening is we had a fantastic conversation uh-huh. around what it means to poll, because of course he was eight and really right. had no idea. Right, right. What it meant to poll, how you tell whether or not a poll is relevant, what a standard deviation of error is, mm-hmm. you know, just things that growing up, we knew, I remember as a kid watching the news with my parents, and whenever they announced the results of a poll, a couple of things were always there. First and foremost, they told you what the size of the sample of people they surveyed was, right. which you almost never hear now. Mm-hmm. Second thing they told you whoa, was- Whoa, the whoa, whoa, sna-
0: whoa, that's a good point. That's a yeah. very good point. It's Back about- in the day, they would tell you, exactly, so many people- Yeah. They just give you the stats. They don't tell. Oh, wow. That's right.
1: It's amazing. You know, my friend and I talk about the difference between data and information Mm -hmm. data is just a random fact that Mm -hmm. may or may not be related to the next fact that you say after it. Mm -hmm. Information is analysis and summary. Mm -hmm. And one of the reasons why I stopped watching the news in 2009, one of the Uh. reasons why I stopped is because I realized I was not getting any information. Mm -hmm. I was getting a lot of data that wasn't necessarily synthesized into something actionable or even thought worthy. Mm -hmm. But I was getting a lot of facts and then what I get is an opinion on the data. Not not necessarily facts even. I was getting data and then an opinion on the data. Mm -hmm. No verification whether or not the data was actually fact. Mm -hmm. No necessarily logical sort of linking of data to even make a fact that you could then draw a conclusion on. None -hmm. of that was happening. And so I realized that I was being diseducated instead of informed. You know what I mean? And so I just started, I I just dropped that. And now I get my news through reading. If I hear about something, I'll hear a tweet or someone will text me about something that happens because all my friends know I don't watch the news. Mm-hmm. So they'll be like, series has happened. You need to check it out. I'll go and I'll start reading about two or three different sources on that. And that's how I get my information. Wow. I almost, you know, log on and watch something because it's 20 seconds. It's almost impossible to know anything in depth about a subject in 20 seconds, which means you know nothing, but you have suddenly an opinion on it and you have a feeling about it. Mm-hmm. But that's not, That's not what you need to make a logical decision. Right. You know what I mean? You need facts so that you can think about it. But our news is designed now to elicit an emotional response, not a cognitive response, Mm -hmm. which is different from how I grew up. So anyway, all that to say, I explained to my son what a poll is, Mm -hmm. what a survey size is, what it means to have a significant sample
0: Mm
1: -hmm. and what it means to have a standard deviation of error because that's something that they used to tell you in polls this falls within or outside of the standard deviation of error yeah. so that you know whether or not the results of the poll were significant or not mm-hmm. these are all yeah. things that you almost never hear now wow which are critical in decision making mm-hmm. what they tell you is they throw out some data and then you get an opinion on the data so, and they that's you're
0: you're dangerous you know that right <laughs> because you know, most I, I most Americans aren't really thinking critically like that, and, and and definitely not educating their little ones. I mean, you supposed to be talking about Dragon Ball Z and uh, and well, they don't have Saturday morning cartoons anymore. But you supposed to be talking about stuff like that. You t- you're trying to break down, you know, the political process to a, a to a little one. I mean, one as that's interesting and sad that it impacted their world this early in the game you know what i mean uh but but two it's beautiful that you were able to take that moment make it a teachable moment and hopefully relieve some of that fear that's that's beautiful
1: well you know it's i'm I'm a parent that's what we're all trying to do is make the world as safe as possible for Mm. our children and information and understanding how to analyze information is a critical part of that right and, you know, I've he's, he just turned nine. In less than 10 years, he's going to be out of the house. Mm-hmm. He's going to be going to college or, you know, taking a year to go to Peace Corps, whatever he's going to be do- doing in life. And now is the time where I need to help him understand how the world works mm-hmm. so that he can take that information and chart his own path in life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my husband, I take that responsibility really seriously. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when kids bring something to you, it's almost, if they can bring it to you, then they're old enough to have a discussion about it. You know what I mean? They might not have the discussion. You might not have the discussion you're going to have with a peer, Mm -hmm. you know, an adult peer, but there's always some piece of that you can break off. And I, it's one of the parts of parenting that I enjoy the most.
0: That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Uh, another part of this whole Trump thing that's happened is that uh, the immigration with a e, right? The immigration page on the Canadian government site crashed. On uh, I saw on that. American... Yeah, I the, read it. The last time it crashed was when Trump got the nomination. Wow. Yeah, the last time it crashed. So what do you what do you think that what do you think that means? Like what what is the inference you would draw from that? Well,
1: I think a lot of people are scared and uncertain about what this means. It was a very divisive campaign. Mm -hmm. It was very difficult. And, you know, before I get into it, you know, I I know Trump supporters who are not awful human beings. Okay. You know, and it's very important on both sides of this discussion as we struggle to understand each other not to generalize. Mm -hmm. You know, Hillary Clinton won the popular vote. That's mm-hmm. that's that's something we should not forget. But I've I've had a chance to speak with Trump supporters, um, who were very candid with me mm-hmm. about why they supported him. And while you know those reasons I I didn't agree with, it was powerful to hear how they were experiencing this country and how they experienced the last eight years, which was completely different right. from how I experienced it. Um, but you know, for those who, for those who think that this was not a divisive campaign, that this was not racially offensive and, and, um, predatory, all you need to do is go on online and find some of the incidents that have happened after the election and to see how some people have interpreted Trump's message. Mm-hmm. It, and, and essentially, it's given them license, or they've used his words to give themselves license to attack Muslim students, mm. to bully. Like, I, unfortunately, I just ran across this. My yeah. brother, who's in the Air Force, posted a a link of, of all these incidents that happened just in the last 24 hours
0: mm-hmm.
1: of people being harassed and threatened and intimidated all under the name Trump. Wow. And it is. So, you know, for those Trump supporters who don't understand or don't agree with that, I just said this. Now's the time to speak up. If you, because I think for some folks, they didn't understand why you know people assumed that Trump supporters were racist mm-hmm. when you go online and you see what some of these trump supporters are doing. this is why mm-hmm. this is why
0: right
1: you know people who were told i mean and they videotaped it you could see it mm-hmm. you know some had a, a black man walked out of his uh garage and there was uh can I can I curse on your show or, or say a bad Ab, word on your abso show? Absolutely,
0: he okay.
1: said. It said "nigger go home" and then Trump on the windows. So on on the windshield and the back main window, "nigger go home," and then on all the side windows, it said Trump. Mm-hmm. Now that's why your 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 support is being interpreted this way. And if you're the silent majority, you need to stop being silent mm-hmm. because this is this is what's speaking for you. Mm. if you don't have an alternative view. And so when you hear about the Canada site crashing, they're reacting to this vitriol. They're they're reacting to this hatred that was part of the campaign and is certainly now, it appears, becoming a part of life as we know it, post-election. Mm. And... I would just encourage people who supported Trump but don't support this Mm -hmm. to speak up because otherwise these other folks are speaking. They're being vocal and they're being predatory. They're being violent and hateful. Mm -hmm. And if there is no counter to that, that is what that is what will define how the rest of us see it. Mm -hmm. And that's why you get the Canada site crashing. That's that would be or, or at least. That's that's my
0: uh, thoughts on it. Yeah. what Now that's beautiful. That's beautiful, and that's that's very well uh, very well uh, laid out. That I guess I'll I come at it from a, a slightly different perspective and. I'm going to try to do a segue, but it's going to be mad sloppy. <laughs> I'm going to try to do a segue into your, into your wonderful to novels. Touch, let's talk about something else because I've no, got no, a headache. Uh, yeah, no, no, no. But I, I do want to reserve the right to reach out to you if I do want to talk some politics because you've laid stuff out so well that I would love to hear your thoughts on other things. Um, yeah. um But I, I'll say this. um, Right now... Uh, this Trump campaign is an opportunity. And again, watch this transition. It's going to step right by you. You ain't going to see it. This uh, this, this Trump is an opportunity. Why? Because at the very moment that Trump reveals the true nature of the masses of this country, because Trump is just, the, he's the symptom. This has been mm-hmm. festering underneath the Abs. whole time. And that's related to Abs. the cops. It's related to different laws yes. like the stand your ground. Trump is just you know, you're going to the doctor and he's telling you you got cancer, but you've been feeling bad the whole time. <laughs> you know what I'm yep. saying? Absolutely. I absolutely agree with that. Trump is the prognosis. We, but check this out, check this out. At the same yeah. time, there's been a renaissance in black media. I would say black mm-hmm. content, but it doesn't sound as groovy. Black media. There's been a renaissance of black creators on the internet, right? YouTube, you know, different folk uh, creating content. And then they're going back to old media, like my girl, um, uh, Isa Ray who uh, did Awkward Black Girl. She has a, mm-hmm. a series now. Uh, yeah. You have uh, people um, who are well-known in Hollywood, like Idris Elba and the sister who does uh, Scandal, come up with their own production companies and doing mm-hmm. other movies. And then, of course, people like yourself who are writing, publishing. So there's this whole movement happening at the same time. Yes. I think it would be beautiful if we would kind of use this moment to kind of solve some long standing problems. Um, I think one of the biggest problems could be self image. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? If we could repair the image that we have of ourselves, I think that, you know, unity and, and economics and all that kind of stuff would, would, would kind of follow. I think it would kind of follow. I agree with that. That's beautiful. That. That's beautiful. So, speaking of creativity, you're the author of a book series called Order of the Sears that we can grab on Amazon. I gave mm-hmm. my little, you know, quick intro and summary, but can you go into a little depth? Can you talk about Order of the Sears?
1: Yes. And I just want to say that was an amazing pivot. <laughs> <laughs> um, Order of the Sears is a sci-fi trilogy about a group of people who can see the future and they're enslaved for that ability. Mm. And the book's all about how they escape the organization that's trying to exploit their gift, how they reclaim their power and start fighting back. So you are absolutely right. It's very much X-Men meets Minority Report. Aha. Very, very
0: dope. Yeah, dope, very dope. much. Now, how did those two themes kind of come together? I mean, that's, that's, that's a beautiful mix.
1: Oh, man. Well, I have to say, you know, my stories come to me and. This absolutely came to me. I was washing the dishes mm-hmm. in 2011 summer, and hold, I, on, hold, on,
0: hold on, for a second say, hold on. See here that, brothers? They still got sisters out there that can take care of the house. Uh, don't give oh, up hope. No, don't give up hope, brothers. Don't, don't give it. up hope. <laughs> don't give up hope. Okay, go ahead, Cersei. Go ahead. You are you are a mess. Go ahead, Cerise. Um, go ahead, I was washing the dishes, oh.
1: and this whole bi- I had a vision. of this man walking towards me who had this cataract-like film over his eyes and ash blonde hair, even though he was a black man from Tanzania. Hmm. I knew he was a seer. I knew he was enslaved for that ability. I knew there were people all over the world who were suffering the same fate. And this entire story came to me while I was washing the dishes. Wow. And, yeah, at the time, I didn't even know if I could write it. I had written two pieces that were longer than five pages because I used to write poetry all the time Mm -hmm. um one was an x-files fan fiction piece that I wrote like a million years when x-files was actually on tv okay and the other one was this other like romance fan fiction piece it was a short story maybe 50 pages Mm -hmm. I had no idea if I could even write the story that was coming to me Hmm. but I knew that I would try and um I sat down and, yeah, here we are. <laughs> so it, it's just an amazing journey. And and uh, so I didn't have the concept. I didn't sort of put it together. It really just came to me.
0: Now, in your writing process, is it like you're uh, a conduit? Are the characters talking to you? I mean, are you just uh, writing down what you see in your mind? Have both. Both.
1: I'm absolutely a conduit. You know, my characters are telling me their story and my job as the writer is to convey that as accurately as I can so that you see what I see in my head when they're talking to me Mm -hmm. and you feel what I feel Mm -hmm. when I'm watching their story unfold. Mm -hmm. And that's really my my judge of, that's my rubric for whether or not I've done a good job is when I go back and I read it, if I see the picture that I originally saw in my head, I know I did a good job. And if I don't, I know I got work to do. Uh, so, yeah, that's, that's really how it is. It's an amazing, humbling journey
0: that's each beautiful. with each story. That's beautiful. Yeah. Now, the first time I reached out to you, you were on your way to New York Comic Con. How was that? It's,
1: oh, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. You know, New York Comic Con was my first sci-fi convention ever. Wow. And okay. I did it at uh, New York Comic Con in 2012. Mm -hmm. Ordered a Sears book one had been out for less than a month. Mm -hmm. And I went to New York Comic Con only because I knew of two sci-fi conventions at that point, the one in San Diego. And I just come out with my book. Nobody knew me. I didn't know anybody. So I figured, well, I can't fly all the way out there. I mean, I'm based on the East Coast. Uh So I thought, but I could drive to New York. And so I booked a table and it was only afterwards that I realized they were like, you know, it's 100,000 people. And I was like, what? (laughs) <laughs> well, I was like, "Oh well, it's too late. I already paid the boot fee. <laughs> right. I gotta go." And you know, up until that point, I live in a bubble on purpose, mm-hmm. um, and I enjoy that bubble very much. So when I was thinking about publishing the book, I didn't really have any negativity because the people around me were very supportive. It was when I stepped out of that bubble to publish the book that I started hearing things like, "Oh, well, you're a black woman in sci-fi. You basically have no audience." Because black people don't read science fiction, white people don't read black authors, and nobody buys science fiction from a woman. Mm. So you have no audience for your book. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, I always say the fastest way to get me to do something is to tell me what I can't do.
0: Oh, that's beautiful.
1: And so I I went up there because, you know, I just thought, you know what, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I sold over a hundred copies wow. of my book. Wow. Every type of person there was. I mean, and, you know, I had people stop by
0: my booth like, When you what say every you type here? of person, you mean a tall white guy and a short white guy? I mean, d- describe the people no, that bought I your mean, book. I mean, black people, white
1: people, Asian people, uh, Latinos, women, men, every age group, every age group. Uh, I just, it was, it broke every single rule, every single rule that I was told. Because yeah. I was also told, you know, the booth fee at that Point was nine hundred and twenty five dollars for a table. Uh Yeah, that didn't include a tablecloth either, uh, or a chair. And I was told you're never going to make your booth feedback. Like you've only nobody's heard of you. You have one book. I did make my booth feedback. Wow. And I, but I hustled. Mm -hmm. But I also had an incredible reception. Like I said, people walked up to me like, "Okay, what are you doing here? I obviously need to hear (laughs) this, this." Because at that time, and this is this is incredible. This is 2012 in the mm-hmm. small press section at New York Comic Con. Mm-hmm. I was the only woman of any race wow. selling a novel that I had written. Mm-hmm. The only woman. To date, there are only, I think there are two now. There are two of us. For real? For real. Wow. There were hopefully... There'll be three next year because I know another woman from London who said she's going to come back and sell her comic. But mm-hmm. there's never been more than three of us that I know of Interesting. selling a novel yeah. that she had written. It, it's a, it is shocking. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea. You know, I was just in my booth. It was only later that I learned from the sales team mm-hmm. at New York Comic Con that I was the only woman.
0: Wow. And I heard it from people. Like, oh, whose books are these? So you know like, They're what? Mine. You know what? Shit. That sounds just like the, the bullshit polls that the news people yes. was giving us. That's that stuff yes, that does. they were telling you. That's right. They was giving Something you else. some data and we'll that information. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh-huh. Wow. So if, if there are any aspiring authors out there, the first thing I would say is don't listen to they. They mm. say a lot of stuff. Yep. No one knows what you can do. No one knows what you can do. The only person who knows is God if you mm-hmm. believe in God, mm-hmm. but that's it because there's never been a you doing what you're doing before ever. Mm-hmm. So go find out what you can do.
0: That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Um, I think, uh, when we uh, talked off mic, you asked me, how did I find you? And I mentioned, uh, Narasu, did I pronounce it right? Narasu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what I say. Narasu. And, uh, <laughs> And so I'm reading through it and I'm thinking and this is is this like curated uh, sci-fi or something is this like image comics for sci-fi writers? can you can you explain what uh, uh, Narasu well, is?
1: I would love to talk about Narazu. Narazu is uh, an online platform uh, designed to help sci-fi and comic book culture fans find indie sci-fi and comic culture content that they love. So it's essentially taking the con experience and bringing it online, and, but focusing it on indie creators across platforms. So that mm-hmm. means comic books, graphic novels, film, artwork, and, not, and traditional books. Wow. Anything that's sci-fi related, any medium that's sci-fi related, we want to feature on our site as long as you're indie. Um, because one of the things that I've learned from the sci-fi conventions is there is an audience. And that's the other thing. Mm-hmm. You know, as independent creators, we struggle to find our audience. But what I've found is that people come to sci-fi conventions in droves to find what they cannot find at Barnes and Noble.
0: Wow! If they
1: could find this stuff that's at a comic convention at Barnes and Noble, they wouldn't have spent forty dollars a day. Hundreds of, dola- hundreds of dollars, hundreds of dollars just to get into the building, to buy content from people they've never heard of before, mm-hmm. to buy books that no one's recommended to them. Mm-hmm. They are looking for something different. This is our sweet spot. This wow. is our But after the con is over, it's so hard to find us. Mm-hmm. You can, sure, you've got Comixology, but Comixology's job is not to help uh, people who visit that site find your independent comic.
0: Right.
1: You go to the site, and the first thing you're seeing is inundated with all the big guys, Mm -hmm. you know, DC and Marvel, and that's wonderful. Now, you can go there as an indie site, but as an indie creator, but them finding you is a struggle. Mm -hmm. The same with Amazon. If you're looking for artwork, well, you could wade through DeviantArt if you want to. (laughs) You know, good luck with that. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're looking for film, well, you're basically trolling YouTube. I mean, you're not, (laughs) you know what I mean? Right. Whose job is not to help a sci fi fan find your next indie short? That's not their job, and they're not even pretending. Mm -hmm. So the question, it just came to me that there's this incredible opportunity to bring us all together so that's indie fans sci-fi fans who are open to what we create can find us easily and support what we do and enjoy what we do and give feedback on what we do and so that is what we're building with Nerazu.
0: wow wow wow! so describe the process i'm a sci-fi fan i come uh, across nirazu um i sign up and then what happens well, we've uh,
1: we're right now I'm in the development phase of the actual website. Gotcha. So, um we're still building.
0: So, on a <laughs> on a, on a ever, perfect day, on a perfect day like on the horizon, right? On the horizon, yeah. what kind of experience do you expect to deliver to folk?
1: Absolutely. Well, first of all, you're going to be able to go to the site and search content by medium and by genre. Mm-hmm. So, if you're a steampunk punk fan, you'll be able to go and type in steampunk and see everything we've got in film artwork books graphic novels and really drill down not only are you going to find content
0: mm-hmm.
1: um on that but you're also going to learn about the artists you're going to see videos from artists introducing their work to you wow. you're going to learn about how they started you're going to i'm giving away my secret sauce notice.
0: <laughs> well i love um, i love i love uh steampunk and so and you kind of got my ears all perked up oh now. wow yeah.
1: you're going to be able to ask them questions mm-hmm. um, ideally eventually we're going to develop a membership program so you will get exclusive content mm-hmm. that free members don't get mm-hmm. um, in addition to access to premieres of sci-fi films before anybody else sees them but also like for example if you buy a book, on my, one of my books on Narazu, mm-hmm. if you're a, a premium member you automatic whatever you buy I sign and send
0: wow. to you wow uh, you got me. Yeah, now. now you got me because I gotta have sound so, books. So let me ask absolutely. you this. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Would you be? You guys are gonna take uh, PayPal and um, and mm-hmm. the regular right. regular payments and stuff? And mm-hmm. uh, it, will there be tiers of content like uh, like a base level tier and then premium or, or no? Possibly.
1: At this point, no. We're focused because we're we're starting out, and as we grow, I'm sure we'll get all different kinds of content of all different kinds of quality, but I'll talk about that in a minute. You know, we're really focused on trying to get the best content possible. So we're, uh, right now we're in the process of developing a database of content creators across genres and mediums Mm -hmm. and actually approaching them about trying out the site. So that's where we're starting first. And then once we test the site make sure it's up and working and, and and has the features and things that content creators really want, then we will expand and mm-hmm. then we'll really open up and people will be able to submit their content. We'll review it. If I'll be honest with you, if it's totally bootleg, we're not going to shut you down, but what we will say is, Hey, here are some resources that we think can help get your content to the next level.
0: Gotcha. 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 So
1: that you can come on here and be, and be competitive and be, you know, be successful, which mm-hmm. we want. I mean, Narazu doesn't sell anything of its own. This is not a site about promoting my work at all. Right. This is about our job is to help you be successful. So mm-hmm. we want to bring the resources and things to you that will help you do that.
0: that so the timing, the timing seems to be perfect. Because I think um, so, because what's happening is like, like, I don't know if we had this conversation off mic or was it my little clever transition, but Not only is there a renaissance in black creative content, there's a renaissance in indie. I'm getting this decentralized vibration, you know, where people, okay, I got to build a following. Okay. I got my following built. Oh, now uh, this movie studio is coming to knock and oh, DC and Marvel want to talk to me. Not everybody's saying yes. That's right. Some people is like, no, I think I'll continue to build this little, this little vibration on my own. And so a place like Nirazu, uh sounds like uh, something that they would fit right into that, into that way of thinking. It's about,
1: it's about creating a, di- a direct connection mm-hmm. between the, the fans who love challenging stories, unique ideas, and the content creators who put their heart and soul into creating those stories. This is about cutting out the middleman completely
0: mm-hmm. and
1: developing a direct relationship between content creators and fans.
0: I bet you I know what you can, new can new find. I bet or- you I know what you can find on the Razu. I bet you I can I know what you can You can find smart content. You know, I yes. I, I spend most of my time uh, interviewing like uh, comic book creators and uh, mm-hmm. you know, Marvel and DC, no matter how complex the plot, no matter how intricate the, the, the character profiles are, everything is resolved with a fist fight. You know yes. what I mean? Uh, when you look at Hollywood, you know, there are movies and everything. It's rare that you come away with a movie that actually makes you think. You know, but things I- are just black and white and emotional and boom, bang, pow. But when you're indie, you can take your time and not worry about if this is going to sell a million copies because you're in love with what you do.
1: Exactly indie creators none of us come into this thinking this is going to be some quick you know get rich quick scheme mm-hmm. that's not how it works first of all you're indie most of the creators that i'm meeting particularly at these conventions they're indie on purpose mm-hmm. like they could be doing something they're incredibly talented people mm-hmm. who have decided that they're not they're not playing that game mm-hmm. They're going to build something that they love, something that means something to them, something that they put their heart and their soul into, mm. and there is an audience for that, and that audience is not small. Mm. Comic conventions were a six hundred million dollar industry in ticket sales alone. Wow that doesn't that doesn't count the one hundred to five hundred dollars per person that the average convention goer spends when they get into the convention. Mm. They are not buying Marvel stuff because Marvel stuff they could get anywhere. They are buying artwork. They are buying books. They are buying novels. They are buying from people they've never heard of before
0: Mm.
1: and discovering things they can't find at Barnes & Noble. Mm -hmm. The average convention goer goes to more than one convention a year. The, the average is between two to four. Mm-hmm. The reason why is because that's the only place where they can find the content that we bring. Wow. Nirazu is going to change that.
0: That's beautiful. That's beautiful.
1: And in wow. terms of what we're doing now, uh-huh. in terms of how you can get engaged, you can go on nirazu.com. That's N- nAR a.zu.com. you can sign up as a content creator or a fan we'll ask you what type of content you like last month for Halloween we sent out a newsletter so we're already starting to try to engage people that's mm-hmm. just me by myself at this point so mm-hmm. you know I can't do a weekly email but we will build up to that right um we're doing a monthly email that focuses on a different genre of content and within that newsletter I had comics I had graphic novels I had films And I had artwork, Mm. all centered around horror because it's Halloween. So next month, we're doing fantasy because it's the holidays. And really, there's so much mythology around the holidays, regardless of what religion you are. And I thought it'd be kind of cool Mm -hmm. to focus on fantasy. And so that's what we're going to do for December. And then for January, we're going to have a wildcard newsletter, which is about content that defies genre. Wow. That's absolutely awesome. So we've already, so that's what's coming up. Get on the website, sign up, let us know what kind of stuff you love. And as soon as we develop more capacity, we're going to be able to call through that data and not just send you things by genre, but specifically, if you said you like horror and steampunk films, every Friday, you are going to get the best content we have in exactly what you like. Wow. So that you can focus on it, you can enjoy it, and you can share it with your friends. So...
0: That's very I'm as cool. serious
1: as I can be about it. <laughs>
0: That's very cool. That's very, and I, and again, I think it's needed. Um, what you said, there's a couple of points. You said that was really heavy. Uh, the main one I think that, uh, uh, resonates with me is they go there looking for stuff that you can't find in, uh, Barnes and Noble. And, uh, well that's the only bookstore left, right? Bars and Noble. <laughs> <laughs> There's
1: books a million. There's books a million.
0: Yeah, yeah. So so they're they're looking for for you guys and um and gals and uh they're willing to take a chance. They're willing to take a chance. And that's um right. and they're not being disappointed because like you said, folk are coming back to multiple that's cons right. uh, per year. So uh, that's a significant investment and I think you're just making it easier for them to find what they're looking for. Uh, Is there any other uh, message that you want to lay out to my my, uh, audience, uh, Cerise? Um, You laid out so much. I mean, you gave us a a little bit of a political education uh, when we started (laughs) out. Um, You you gave us some parenting advice. Then you went into uh, this groovy uh, sci-fi series that you're working on. And then you talked about this, um, I think, what may be a tremendous business um for creators and fans alike is there anything else you would like to share and please give us your contact info
1: oh gosh well um the sci-fi trilogy is complete and like you said it's on amazon Barnes and noble um i have a children's book series that i uh, wrote with my son Mm -hmm. called ellis in the magic mirror the first book is out the second book uh called ellis in the hidden cave i should tell you a little bit about it it's a an early reader chapter book for ages six to nine about a little boy. The first book is about a little boy who discovers a magic mirror and finds out that they're trolls hanging out at his school trying to stop kids from learning.
0: Trolls. And the book's... Trolls, that's right. Hanging out in school or Facebook? Uh,
1: uh, In school. (laughs) Trying to stop kids from learning. That's right. And they use Facebook as uh, as a device. Um, And the book's all about how Ellis, his little sister, Freddie, and his best friend, Toro, go into the forest to find out what the trolls are up to and stop what they have planned. Uh, the second book takes Ellis, uh, Toro, and Freddie on an adventure to India to discover an underwater world and uh, another battle with some trolls. So um, it's lots of action adventure. And the best thing about the book is it's illustrated in color, in full color on almost every page. And we have an amazing, amazing illustrator by the name of Gregory Garay, who just put his foot into every single, every single illustration. I can't wait. Till the next, the second book, Ellis in the Hidden Cave, comes out because he did an amazing job with Ellis mm-hmm. in the Magic Mirror. He took it to a whole nother level with Ellis in the Hidden Cave. And that's coming out December 6th. You can find out about it on my website. And then finally, um, at the end of this month, November 29th, I have my first historical romance, which I know it's random, but that's me, mm-hmm. um, about two souls trying to find each other through time. And it takes place in four different time periods, starting out in 1750s Ghana, it moves to pre-colonial India, Pearl Harbor during the bombing in World War II, and then finally to a futuristic Washington, D.C., and that comes out November 29th. It's called To Find You, and I'm so excited about it, and it's such a unique and interesting journey for me as a writer. Um, so you can find out about all of that stuff at That's www.cerecereenniemurphy.com. And that's, uh, yeah, that's what's going on with me.
0: Well, that's a hell of a lot, uh, uh Sarice, <laughs> I want to thank you so much for your time and your energy. Yo, family, I know you enjoyed that conversation as much as I enjoyed bringing it to you. This is Jonathan Soul speaking with you now. Then head on over to jonathansoul.com and pick up my ebook, Malcolm Mars. Malcolm like the prophet, Mars like the planet. It's a sci-fi ebook space opera. It talks about three brothers to take their families, pack them up in a homemade starship, kind of like an egg-shaped SUV, and they take up tomorrow to escape the violence, racism, the bullshit basically, and they want to start a new life on the red planet. It's a lot of love, it's a lot of high drama, it's a lot of high tech, and most of all, it's a lot of black pride in that novel. So check it out, Malcolm Mars. Support this broadcast. Go over there to uh, Amazon.com and you can pick it up. Or you can go to my website, JohnThesoul.com, and it'll take you over to Amazon. Jonathan Soul, J-O-H-N-A-T-H-A-N-S-O-U-L on Twitter. Subscribe to the show on iTunes. Uh, follow me on Tumblr and Twitter over there. In addition to the broadcast, you'll also get my other interests, photography, architecture, gorgeous sisters you'll see over there and anime i got a really uh serious interest in anime particularly that ghost in the shell slash cowboy bebop slash you know what i mean uh black lagoon you know just kind of a a sport you know high tech a little bit of dark uh kind of vibration but you definitely enjoy the images over there listen guys i love you guys thank you for sharing your time with me i hope all your dreams come true Find something that you enjoy as much as I enjoy doing this podcast. And you always guarantee some happiness in your life. Love you guys. No margins.